Grandparents, we have this on. All right, parents, thank you so much for coming out. Thank you even more for sharing your children with us this week. It's been such a joy and a delight and just a privilege to have them this week, uh, to be able to love on them, uh, to, I hope, uh, plant and water some seeds of our Christian faith, which is so important. Uh, I think so important to do at a young age uh, as well. Uh, One of the joys that I have in life is talking to folks, I guess especially as a pastor, you get to do that a lot, talking to folks about the Christian faith, talking to folks about the Bible. And when I do that, uh, it never ceases to amaze me, just the confusion that folks have a lot of times about what it means to be a Christian, about the message of the Bible and what's up with that. Um, One of the things that we did this week was give your children four verses from the Bible to memorize. And as I was thinking back through those verses this afternoon, I realized, you know what, each one of those verses addresses a point of confusion that I hear lots and lots when I talk with people, Uh, misconceptions about what it means to be a Christian, uh, confusion or maybe misinformation about uh, what's the Bible all about, what's this faith all about. And so I just wanted to walk us back through those four verses. You've heard them already. The first one is on the back of the t-shirts that the kids are wearing. Um, How great is the love that the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. You know, one of the, the first confusions that I often uh, hear from folks is, is talking to them about Christianity, and they're saying, you know what, we're okay. Uh, we, don't, we don't have a, a big need. You know, life has its ups and downs, uh, but, uh, you know, in the end, we'll be okay. Uh, you know, God will take care of us in the end. After all, we're all his children, right? We're, we're all God's children. You know, but I got to Got to tell you and be honest with you right up front, the Bible would, tell, would say that we're not all God's children, certainly not from the start, but that naturally uh, we're not sons and daughters, but we're, we're enemies and rebels is what the Bible actually teaches. Uh, and so there's, uh, there's certainly some confusion uh, about that. Um, and so that's a big problem because God takes our rebellion seriously. He even would go so far in his word to say that our, our rebellion, that our essentially just trying to be our own gods day to day, brings death to us. That's what it, that's what it deserves. Uh, so that puts us in, in quite a predicament right off the bat. So that's the first bit of confusion, but I do promise the news gets better from here. Uh, the second verse that the kids learned um, is, I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. That comes from the prophet Isaiah. And here's the second confusion or misconception that that I run across so very frequently is thinking that Christianity, thinking that the Bible is mainly about us, that it's mainly about us and what we're supposed to do. Now, now granted, there's some of that in there, but that's secondary, y'all. That's secondary. The, The Bible is first and foremost God revealing himself to us, helping us know who he is and what he's done. It's not primarily about we've done or what we need to do. It's primarily about who he is and what he's done. And so we see even in this verse, he's our helper. He's our protector. He's our rescuer. And folks, that's a very good thing in light of that first point of confusion that I mentioned, right? We need a rescuer. We need someone who will say, don't fear, I will help you. And that's certainly what we, what we need. And so that gets into this third verse that they learned this week. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so 
if the, if the Bible is really about what has been done for us, y'all, here it is in this verse. That's the, that's the A to Z of what Christ has done, right? If he's Lord, if he was with the Father in the beginning, if he was uh, participating with him in creation, right, then certainly he's worthy of our honor and our worship and our respect. And, and, and so that's the A. If the Z is he was raised from the dead, then certainly we've got to be believing also in his death, because he had to die first in order to be raised from the dead, dying as our substitute, taking that punishment, taking that death that our rebellion had earned, that our being enemies of God had earned. But here's the the important thing that I want to point out to you from this verse. I keep pointing back there. You've got it up here. We normally believe with our minds, right? You would think that it would say if you believe with your mind that Jesus is Lord, if you believe that God raised him from the dead. But that's not what this verse says. This verse says, believe with your heart. And that might sound a little odd, but when the Bible's talking about the heart, it's talking about the very core of our being, the essence of who we are, the sum total of who we are. And that's where that belief has to generate from. It can't just be, uh, oh, I believe some facts about Jesus. It's got to be that the whole of our being is resting and trusting on what Christ has done for us, on who he is and what he has done right? That, that's, it's putting all of our eggs into the basket of, of this is what Jesus has done for me. This is what it means to be a Christian, to, to trust in, in Jesus' righteous life and his sacrificial death in my place. The fourth verse, and this is where I'll close up. You are forgiving and good, O Lord. They just sang about it. And that song's been stuck in my head all day. You are forgiving and good, O Lord, abounding in love to all who call to you. The, the fourth misconception, the fourth confusion, and y'all, I hear this one so often and it's just heartbreaking to hear, is folks will say, all right, pastor, what you're saying is all well and good. That's nice and all, but you don't know me. You, you don't know my past. You don't know what I've done. You don't know the regrets that I have. I'm, I'm too far gone. I, I, I'm beyond whatever saving you think Jesus could do for me. You just don't know. But friends, if it were up to us, that might be true. But it's not. And we see more of our good God's character revealed in this verse. He's forgiving. He is, in his essence, his nature, his character, he's forgiving. And he's abounding in love. He's overflowing in love. And trust me, there is enough there. There is enough there to all who would call. And so if I could ask you just to do one thing tonight, right? Maybe some of these misconceptions you have. Maybe some of this confusion is, is you. I've described you. Friends, shed those misconceptions. Shed uh, the misinformation that you've gathered from wherever you've gathered it. Because the Christianity of the Bible is not about what you need to do for God. It's about what Jesus Christ has already done and completed for you. And it's available to any and all who would call to him. Let me close this in prayer uh, and then we'll go uh, eat in just a moment. Father, we thank you that you have revealed yourself to us in Scripture. And we do thank you that the Bible is mainly about who you are and what you have done. We thank you that you are forgiving, that you are abounding in love, and that salvation is available to any and all who would call to you, to any and all who would believe in their heart with the whole of who they are, that Jesus is Lord and was raised from the dead after dying for us. Would you grant to us the faith 
to believe that? Would you grant that the seeds of faith that have been planted in these little ones this week, uh, would you cause them to be watered? Would you cause them to sprout and to grow and to bear much, much fruit uh, for your sake? For Jesus' sake, we ask and we pray in his name. Amen.